Hello friends, today we are reading Matthew chapter 16. As always, before we get started in our verses for the day, let us go ahead and pray over the word that we will receive. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you for the people in our lives. Thank you for the many blessings that you pour down into our lives and for helping us to overcome every obstacle. We pray, Lord, for your knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to really grasp the word that we're about to receive, put it into work into our own lives, and to be able to share this with whoever needs to hear it. Help us, Lord, to bear the fruits of your Spirit in everything that we do. Guide us, Holy Spirit, be breathed into us, and walk with us in guidance each and every step that we take. Help us to be a beacon of light for your love, kindness, grace, and mercy. Allow us your peace as we face our everyday spiritual warfare. Lord, help us to be slow to anger and quick to forgive. Help us to see the truth behind people's true intentions and to be able to see the best in people so we can love them as you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, this first section is called The Demand for a Sign. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, When evening comes, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. This next section is called the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, It is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the five thousand? And how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the four thousand? And how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. This next section is called, Peter Declares That Jesus is the Messiah. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by the flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This last section is called Jesus Predicts His Death. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. That is the end of chapter 16. It's so funny, this chapter has where Jesus warns about the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, because we just went over the Pharisees and the Sadducees being like the weed that was grown with the wheat that had to be burned once the weed grew. There's another parable in chapter 13, verse 33, where Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a woman kneading yeast into dough. Only a little bit of yeast is needed, but when it's put into the dough, it spreads throughout the whole dough. In the same way, when we have just a little bit of faith, it can go a long way in spreading throughout the world. But what happens when that faith is not true faith, and we're left with a world full of people who have been trying to do the right thing? but they were being led by the blind. The blind leading the blind, eventually everybody's going to fall into a pit. The next thing I wanted to touch on is the part about taking up your cross and losing your life for Jesus in order to save your life. This part always used to scare me because I did not want to die. But I realized that I was thinking about it all wrong. When I first started my journey with God, I would take my Bible and my morning devotional book and a few other books to work with me in my backpack and it would be so heavy and my fiance would say, "Would you? do you want me to carry that for you? And I told him, no, I'm taking up my cross. I said this so many times, but I didn't really understand what it meant. And now, looking back at it, I finally understand. This is what God meant, taking up your cross and losing your life to save it. It doesn't mean dying. It means literally devoting your life to Jesus. And that's what I was doing. And that's what I am doing. 
it has been such an amazing eye-opening journey. So I really urge you guys, if you find your heart being called to your Bible, to your Bible study, I would recommend just going all out because once you do, it's just amazing. It's an amazing experience. That is all the time that I have for today. I hope that you guys enjoyed this and until next time.